Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to all of you. We're in the third day, of course, of this new year, 2021. Does it feel any different to you? Does 2021 feel different than 2020 yet? No? Yeah, a little bit? Yeah, that's good. That's good. We're going to help it feel a little bit more uh, celebratory this morning as we engage with our one-word service uh, this morning. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, what has become actually a, a bit of a tradition here. I mean, we've done it three years. This is our third year. I don't know if that technically counts as an annual tradition yet, but we're almost there. So we're going to go ahead and count it that way. But this is something we do and we've been doing over the past few years uh, to focus ourselves on new beginnings, right? At, at, at New Year's time, we do things like make resolutions. We look to a new beginning as the new year turns over. And I think especially this, uh, given what we're in right now, I think a lot of us are just hungry for a new beginning and looking towards 2021. So we're going to be talking about our one word this morning, and really the one word service or the one word focus is about thinking about or praying about an idea or a word that God gives us that we feel like he wants us to focus on a little bit more, something maybe that he has in store for us in the coming year. It's a bit like a, a resolution, but it's also quite a bit different than doing a New Year's resolution. Uh, in some ways, um, you know, a New Year's resolution is typically about a specific goal like losing weight or like dieting a little bit more or even like reading our Bibles every day throughout the year. And although those things are usually really good things that we plan out for the year, for the most part, as we know, if you've ever made a resolution, most resolutions end up not going very well, if you've noticed that before, right? In fact, studies show that about 80% of New Year's resolutions ultimately fail, and most people give up on their New Year's resolutions by the end of February, if you can believe that, right? And so a, so a one-word focus is a little bit different than a resolution in the sense that we, when we pick a one word, especially as we saw there in the video there, when we're picking a word that is biblical, that either comes directly from the Bible or comes from a biblical idea, this word is about a process, really, of transformation and change. And so it's less about reaching a final state where we either meet it or we don't, and in the process we fail and maybe we give up on it. The one word is more about kind of transformation and change, more of a process, so that as we're focusing in that word, uh, on that word throughout the year, that it actually draws us closer to the Lord. We see spiritual change. Sometimes it feels like taking two steps back. Sometimes it feels like you're stuck a little bit. And other times we see how God uses that to impact our lives in amazing ways. And so it's ultimately about growing spiritually, about being closer to God, really about partnering with God's spirit in us to bring change in a godly way that's bigger than the word itself. For instance, if you were to pick the word patience, which you've got a lot of, a lot of faith and boldness if you pick the word patience, I'll give you that. Uh, but let's say that you do. Let's say you pick the word patience as your word. Well, patience, which of course is a biblical word, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit that are listed for us in Scripture. It's one of the things we should be growing in as a Christian. That one word actually can lead to all kinds of different understandings of what it means for us to walk with the Lord. We might understand, for instance, as we draw into patience, how God's patience relates to us being formed into patience. We might see something like God's deep and steadfast love for us, how closely patience is tied to other things like kindness and trust and love, and how things like selfishness and anger and bitterness need to be repented of so that we can embrace more of patience in our lives. So before we know it, it's less about just being patient and more about actually changing and being closer to the Lord. And ultimately, I think that's what these one word uh, focuses are all about. I think as you hear each one of us share this morning, uh, you're going to hear a little bit more about how the Lord uses those words, not just so that we become more of something, but so that we become closer to him and that we are spiritually changed and transformed. And that's the ultimate goal. So this morning, as I said, you're going to get to hear from our staff. Uh, you'll get to hear from half of them this service. The other half are going to go next service. And we're going to share two words. We'll share our one word from 2020, which was the word that we felt like God laid on our hearts this past year, and how we uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of how that word impacted us, a little bit about how the Lord used that word in our lives. And then we're going to talk about what we feel like is our word for 2021. What we feel like is the word that the Lord has given us or the word that we feel like we're going to pursue this coming year. So with that being said, I'm going to start. And my word for 2020 was the word love. Okay. So I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago during our Christmas Eve service, but I originally thought the word love was going to be a pretty easy one, pretty straightforward. 
right? And then I got into this year and I realized that it was going to be a lot more difficult than it was. I mean, last year was my first year actually doing the one word focus. And so I thought, I'll just set the bar really low. So I'll just take love. I'm not going to do patience or forgiveness or any of those other ones. And, and so when I felt like the Lord was leading me to that and I wanted to embrace that, I felt like, man, this is going to be pretty easy this year. I mean, who doesn't focus on loving people more and loving God more throughout the year? But of course, what I didn't realize was what would happen this past year. And as I said, Christmas Eve, how difficult really it would be to love people this year. And again, it's not because people are necessarily unlovable. It's not, it's not, it wasn't about that, although I think we saw some of the worst of folks at times this past year. But I think that more, more than anything, what it had to do with is the fact that and I, know, I don't know all of us have felt this to some degree, but I felt so mentally and emotionally stretched and distracted in so many different ways that it was just difficult to want to love people naturally. And I think in the midst of that, what God taught me, of course, is that the Lord reminded me that something critical of what it means to love is that even though it's easier to love when you have the emotional and mental capacity to be able to do that, love is not ultimately about the emotional expression it is about making a choice to love people in action, even maybe especially when you don't feel like it, and especially when you feel like you're stretched. And as I was thinking about this, it reminded me of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that as we read the, the Gospels, we see that Jesus was distressed in such a way, facing the cup of suffering that was coming, the cross that was coming, that he prayed that the Father might take this cup of suffering from him. And he was so distressed that emotionally and mentally that he was sweating like drops of blood in the midst of his prayer. Now, I don't mean to say that I was distressed that much, that much necessarily this past year. Uh, there were times when I think I maybe prayed that God would take this cup of suffering from me at times. But I think at the same time, what this displays is that in the midst of Jesus's distress, he chose to love. He said, not my will, but thy will, your will be done, Father. And he chose sacrificially to lay down his, his, his will so that he could love the Father and that he could love us by going to the cross. And so it was a deeper level of loving God and loving people that I think God taught me this past year. And I'm still learning that one because it's a big one. It's one that I think I'm going to be learning for a while. It's one that's going to continue to this year. It's not like as 2020 ended, I'm like, okay, I got it. I know what it means exactly to love people and love God. But I think God has taught me some amazing things that I'm carrying over into this year, which relates to my word for 2021, which is the word connect. The word connect. So here's the thing. As I'm still learning about what it means to love people into this year, it, of course, is an ongoing lesson. I think connect is another one of those things, and connection is another one of those things that you, 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 you sometimes think is just going to happen naturally as you're around people until it doesn't happen naturally, which is what we saw this past year. How difficult it was to stay connected to people relationally, how difficult it was to stay connected given all that we've gone through this past year. And I think it's it's now almost been a year and a half since uh, I took over as lead pastor here at North Bible Church. Back in August of 2019 is when we came on originally. And when I came on, I actually, believe it or not, had a plan for connecting relationally to people in the church. And my plan originally was, in the first few months, to really focus a lot of time on the staff and the elders, because I knew that was gonna, those were going to be important relationships for me. And so for the first few months, I spent a lot of time getting to know the staff, getting to know our elder team, focusing on those kinds of things. And then my plan after that was then, okay, now I'm going to start to get to know families in the church as much as possible, and beyond just Sunday mornings, because it's difficult for... Uh, it's difficult for, I think, any staff member, I think especially uh, a lead pastor when you're preaching week to week, to focus on, like, building relationships on Sunday mornings. There's just so many things going on. And so my goal was I need to get into a place where we can start to meet with people outside of Sunday mornings and really get to know some people in the church. We started to lay down those plans and started to kind of get that ball rolling. And then, of course, what happens? COVID happens, right? COVID happens. Everything shuts down. Social gatherings shut down. I mean, all of that stuff happens. And I think not only that, but in the midst of what we had to deal with as, as a lead team, as staff, and as elders, we started focusing a lot more on navigating a church through all of these changes that we would have to incur. So we were like basically in crisis mode where we had to decide from week to week, day to day, how things needed to change, what it needed to look like on Sunday mornings, how those services needed to change, uh, what, it, what ministry looked like in general in this kind of new world that we were facing. 
um, how staff members had to kind of change their roles to things that are not even a part of their job description, and they had to adapt on the fly. And we had to lead through all of those things, navigating an entire church through what it looked like to do, the, to do all that. And at that point, I was really grateful for the fact that I had spent so much time developing relationships with the staff and elders because we spent more time in meetings and, and longer meetings and discussions and in prayer than we probably ever thought we would in a given year. But everything became focused on that. And so as a result, things became less focused on, and, and, and less focused, at least from my perspective, on necessarily uh, connecting relationally with people in the church. And I missed that. Uh, there, and I also saw this kind of crisis mode mentality happen at home as well. We've got four kids. And as you know, if you have kids who are in school right now, like you're just managing crisis from week to week right now. Are they going to be online next week? Are they going to be back in person? They're back in person, but now they're back online. And so in our house, we had, my wife's a teacher, so we had five people streaming every single day school when they were online. So our Wi-Fi network would crash inevitably every day. And so I'm figuring out tech issues, just trying to get my kids online, just trying to make sure they're doing their work, all those things. So it was a ton of crisis management. We spent more time together as a family, probably, face-to-face -face this past year, but a lot of that time was not quality time. A lot of that time was just, let's just try to survive this, and let's just try to manage life together. And so we kicked into crisis mode as well. So as I'm looking at all of my relationships in my life, connection is key. And at the same time, of course, it became exponentially more difficult to stay connected to people outside of our home, given all that we were going through. So when I combine all these factors... Uh, with actually what is my natural tendency, I actually believe it or not, and if you know me, it's not a surprise probably, but I like to lead and I like to teach. What comes more difficult to me is the shepherding aspect of being a pastor. It just takes a little bit more effort for me. It doesn't come as naturally to me. I'm not, I don't think, as gifted in that area. And so it takes a lot more investment for me to be connected relationally with folks. And so you combine all that together, and this has been something that the Lord has laid on my heart for this coming year. And I want to I read uh, some scripture from the book of Hebrews that I think hammers home this point and how important this is. But Hebrews chapter 10 says this in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I think over the past year, we've really seen the wisdom in this passage, especially in the emphasis on meeting together and being together, especially on the emphasis of how these relational connections give us spiritual health and bring spiritual health to the church as well. And look, I realize that, um, I, I do want to say this, I understand that the COVID pandemic has hit us all differently, and so there's no judgment here. Uh, it, it, I realize that if you haven't joined us back in person yet and you're still online, that you're making those decisions. I trust you're making those decisions out of what's good for you and your family, what's good for maybe your job, what's good for those who are in your community around you. But I just want to say that I think as we read this, this is not about that. It's more about an observation of how important and essential connections are, especially in the church. And so when we get back to a place where we can all meet like we're used to doing in this past you know, years before 2020, right, which I hope will happen at some point this year, which we can pray will happen at some point this year, we're not to neglect this piece of how important it is for us to connect. As Christoph mentioned last week, we have been appreciative of our staff who has done everything that we can to make the online experience as close to being here live in our worship services as possible. But in the end, the online experience will never replace what it means to meet in person and be connected and worship together live. And so I want to encourage you with that. But I think in the end, wherever we are, I think it's important to remember that connections don't happen on accident. They have to be intentional. I think one thing that I think uh, the Lord has laid on my heart for this year is being intentional in making and maintaining connection in relationships. Uh, that's what we're told to do in the Bible because I think what the Bible shows us is that it's so much easier to allow relationships to drift than it is to keep relationships together. And I think that's especially true in the situations that we're facing right now. And so my one word for 2021 is connect. That being said, Big Wes, you're next. I'm next. Thanks, man. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and one-up Jay and hold this up the entire time. <laughs> so take that. What if I hold mine up at the same time? Well, then, then they're distracted and they're looking at mm -hmm. yours. Gotta look at mine. So my word uh, for 2020 was mission. And I, I kind of had an idea of why that would be because, you know, part of my role here at North was, was missions and outreach. 
Uh, and so I'm kind of, I think I get why God wants mission to be my word for 2020. Well, I didn't quite fully understand um, what that meant until we had five mission trips on the calendar uh, for 2020, two in Mexico, one in Guatemala, one in Tanzania, and one up in Sholo. And so I'm, I was starting to see what the Lord was doing with this word mission in my life. And then fast forward from January to the first week of March, and literally my job title changed to mission pastor. And I'm like, well, that was, you knew that, God. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool that you did that. Um, by the way, I'm really gr grateful that God's word for me for this year wasn't worship. Because if my title changed to worship pastor, we would have all been in trouble. Okay? Just... So, you know, you guys heard me sing the other week, so you know how bad that is. Um, and then so one week after I get the mission pastor, as my job, my role, and then and different things here at North, um, I, we, we have March 12th. And March 12th was the day before our first mission trip for 2020. And that was when the whole world was uh, starting to shut down. So we made the difficult decision uh, to postpone that trip to Mexico to build a house which ended up, it was a hard decision, but ended up being the best thing because two days later they closed the border and we would have been stuck there for a little while and that would have been an interesting adventure. Um, so the word mission for me, not you know, personally to be on mission, to, to love God and love others, but, but also here at North and different ministries. So this year being on mission as a church and an individual required changes. We had to improvise, we had to do new things. And uh, the Lord answered some prayers in, in those ways, you know, even through COVID. You heard maybe in, in India, there are inroads uh, because of COVID from the government into more villages uh, to meet the needs of, of the people uh, just because they're loving God and they're spreading the gospel in that way. It was a huge answer to prayer. And then also we partnered with um, a ministry here uh, with Taylor and, and Kaylee Bankhead and Apartment Life Ministry. So many of you have been praying, including myself, for ways for North to impact the community right around our, our church. The apartment complexes, uh, Kierland, the quarter, building relationships with people. And, and we now have hundreds of people in an apartment complex that, that North is building relationships with. And I see that as an answered prayer, even during this time, a difficult year to be on mission. So the Lord's in, encouraged me to press in, and which leads me to my word for 2021, and that is pursue. See, that's why Jay did that. He didn't have to do this <laughs> awkward thing. So the word pursue is my word for 2021. <clears throat> I plan to pursue God uh, at a higher level this year, pursue other people higher level. I, I plan to pursue God's word uh, this year uh, in a new way. I plan to pursue learning new things. I plan to pursue uh, helping my family serve vulnerable and forgotten people. Uh, I plan to pursue people that I disagree with. I plan to pursue new ways for North to love our community and love uh, the world. I plan to pursue adventures and tasks that are difficult to accomplish, and one of those things would be for me to pursue losing some COVID weight. Mm. That's going to be there, too. <laughs> um, I'm going to pursue shooting a round of golf that does not consist of me shooting an 8, 9, or 10 on a hole, because mm -hmm. that's no fun. I plan to pursue my kids with more intentionality. Uh, I plan to pursue unity uh, within the church. I appreciated what Christoph said last Sunday about, about unity within the staff, the elders, and the members of our church here. And that's just been one way that the Lord has um, humbled me the last few weeks is because when I hear about the call for unity, uh, it's the easiest thing for me to do is to think about relationships that I know of, whether it's in my family or my friend group or within the church, that are strained. And they're, they're not in they're not unified. And so when I know of those, it's easiest for me to just sit back and go, yep, there's a call for unity. Those people need to have conversations and figure it out. But I'm going right past the most important thing, and that's for me to consider um, who I need to be unified with and what, what relationship, what conversation do I need to pursue. And so had a few humbling conversations over the last several weeks, um, but the, I believe the Lord, uh, because he put that call in my life to pursue uh, those conversations. I believe I was blessed, and I believe the other people that I had conversations with were blessed as well. And so <clears throat> I want to encourage you to press in, pursue God, pursue others. This year, uh, 1 Timothy 6.11 says this, Flee from evil, pursue righteousness, faith, love, 
and peace. Thank you. Okay, so it's my turn. So last year, my word was healing. And um, 2020 needed to be the year to heal uh, from a difficult situation, experience um, that I'd been through. And I'm really grateful that the healing uh, has continued to, to happen. And it's interesting, Jay was just talking about you might have a word for the year, so healing, but throughout that year, there are other words, there are other um, experiences that you go through that, that have to do with that. And so forgiveness, for me, was part of that healing. And throughout the past year, there have been many, many disappointments and changes that happened which were out of my control. And uh, these changes actually took my attention off what my plans or the plans and the course of actions that um, I thought were going to happen and took me to a different kind of healing place. Um, towards the end of last year, I uh, was listening to an interview of Kirk Franklin, and he's a, a musician. He, um, you've probably heard many of his songs. Uh, but he was in an interview with his wife, and towards the end of that, he said, God can only heal when we reveal. And that stood out to me, because there were things that I needed to bring out, and also that God revealed to me that I didn't realize I needed healing for. He also said that Nineveh was not able to heal until they repented. And towards the end of last year, I met with a couple of women who I didn't know, and, uh, and we prayed. And they prayed for me. And um, during this time, um, there are things that were revealed that I didn't realize that I needed to ask forgiveness for so that I could heal. Um, things uh, that I needed to repent that I would then be able to heal from. And so um, healing is something that I know is, it doesn't end on December 31st. It's going to continue and so um, healing is going to change this year to selfless. So I know there's selfless, but what I heard was selfless. So for this year, um, it sounds like I need to also take my eyes off myself, off my worries, off my issues, off my faults, and spend time continuing to put my eyes on God. Off myself, selfless, and more of God. My eyes need to be open to the people around me more off myself, selfless, and on to those around me. And also my eyes being on the world. Off myself, selfless, and on the world. Again, the healing continues, but this year I, I do want to keep my eyes on the Lord and off myself. Thank you, Julie. Hi, I'm Krista, in case anyone doesn't know that. Um, but last year, my word was celebrate. And that kind of came from a place of everything becoming new and different. Um, empty nesting or moving towards it. Um, kids moving out. Life just changing. And I don't love that kind of change. I love having my kids around. I love... Um, 
I, I love the baby stage. I love, I love every stage. But I wasn't welcoming um, the new stage. And I knew God was calling me to celebrate. And so what did that look like? Oh, I didn't know. But I had no idea that COVID was happening, as all of us, and how that was going to impact that word. Uh, we ended up celebrating engagements, and then a wedding, and then um, kids moving out. And it, it, the celebration continued, but it really was a reminder of God's provision. Because as we look in the celebrations in God's word, um, Jubilee and, and Passover, and um, just the numerous um, celebrations that God would remind his people to celebrate, it was always about God's provision, always about what God had done in the past to remind the people that he was still doing those things with them. And that's what celebrating became even in the midst of COVID. So looking at what will I celebrate as I am stuck at home? What will I celebrate when you have COVID? Um, you know, so it became a time of just celebrating the small and the big and um, the change and celebrating the fact that, yes, I have an amazing husband and it is the two of us a lot of the time by ourselves because nobody wants to do anything. But that's okay. At least I really love hanging out with Ted, you know, but God's provision and looking at where God has my kids and that he's got them. And um, so it's been a lot of celebrating and celebrating how we have fine-tuned things in ministry. Ministry looks different. Celebrating the fact that I have amazing volunteers that love kids and love Jesus so much that that overflows to kids, that they're able to, that lovely word, pivot change, make things better, and rejoice with kids, rejoice with God's doing in their lives in order for kids to understand God's love and provision and his sacrifice. So it's been fun in, in looking at ways to celebrate, celebrating trunk or treats, celebrating. Um, that's why I scream in here. Well, it's just too, it's, you don't want it to be boring. But then I had to think of a new word. Oh, and I thought I had this great word. So I'm going to share my, my journey on this word because I think it's really important to understand that sometimes we think we have a word and then it can change. As that, in fact, it changed like at three o'clock this morning. So, um, so my word I thought was come. I thought it was come like in November. I'm like, I got a word. I'm ahead of everyone else. So I really thought that. I, I think I even maybe put it in my journal with a little snarkiness too. Um, and so I know it sounds like a strange word, but as I was reading God's word, I'm like in Matthew and I'm reading through the gospels and come kept just jumping out. I'm like, that's going to be my word. Weird, but it fits me. So I was realizing how the disciples, they were asked to come, come follow, come and see, come and be a part. Come, 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 come. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to come and follow that makes sense. And then I'm going to invite others to come and see and be a part of it. That's what I thought. Yeah, no. So then I go to bed last night, and I'm asleep, but I'm not sleeping. And I'm tossing, and I'm turning, and I'm tossing, and I'm turning. And all I could think about is the word come, but I was so confident. Even I shared it with Ted, and he looked at me and goes, that's your word? I go, yeah, it's my word, and I'm confident in it. And he's like, okay, that's a different word, but it fits me. So, because I'm different. Um. But I finally got up out of bed at close to 3 in the morning, not having slept at all. Like, okay, what is this about? So I go and grab my Bible, and I'm reading. And I open up, and it goes back to looking at when Jesus calls the disciples, right to that same spot, just opened it up. And I'm like, okay, come. What is with this word? Why is this not so great right now? And I have this dog. People know I love to tell stories. I have this dog. She's special. She's annoying. She's the worst mistake I've made, but she's so lovely at the same time. She's psychotic. And her name's Belle because it was all the bells I should have heard go off in my head to say no to Abby Jo. Um, Abby Jo thinks it means because she's beautiful, but it's not. It was every bell that should not, I should have listened to. Anyway, so I have this dog. She's not so great. And I'm looking, at it, I'm like, why don't you listen to the word come? Why? Why? Because she is so well-behaved and obedient when I'm training her until all of a sudden she hears something. 
and then she's off, and she doesn't hear anything. And she is stinking smart. She's so smart, she knows that she doesn't have to listen to me. Um, And I realize that we can be invited to come. We can be invited to join. We can be invited to be a part of it. But if we're not listening, and we are so absolutely distracted by the world, we miss out. We miss out on what God's called us to do, what God is calling us to be, and doing the things that may be different than what we even expected. So then I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to listen, which we all know I can talk a lot, but listening is like not my favorite. I mean, I like to listen, but I really like to add a lot to whatever you have to say. So, and I do that with the Lord as well. And um, that's why he, three o'clock in the morning, I realized I was supposed to listen. And I sat there and I just read and I prayed and then I sat in silence. And I realized, oh, God is calling me to listen. So as of four o'clock this morning, I decided that that would be my word as I finally got the message. And then I fell asleep. Amen. Thank you, Krista. You ready, Kayla? Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kayla. I do the preschool ministry here. Um, so I get to hold the babies, and it is the best. Um, my word for 2020 was action. And I'm going to be honest, I really don't remember why I chose this word. And my kids were sick when we shared, so whatever I had prepared, I don't know where it went. At any rate, um, I thought 2020 would be full of me taking some action on some goals, like Jay was saying with resolutions, like losing weight and uh, getting in shape and sleeping better and eating better. Well, I ate my feelings in the evenings and... That's what happened there. So, you know, 2021, here we go. Um, But I did take action on being present in my home, which I had been distracted from. Um, I started homeschooling Violet for kindergarten. That was not our plan. We were going to send her to public school, and because I didn't want her to get whiplash from going in and out, in and out of her first year ever, um, I decided to homeschool her, and that has been a journey, but um, uh, as you know, both Violet and I have, um, we're just very spirited, and um, thanks, Sharon very spirited and so the back and forth isn't always the easiest between her and I she's just better with this one over here but um, we've learned a lot we've grown a lot together Um, so I have spent a lot more time I've had the ability to spend a lot more time and energy coming alongside my kids as they learn how to recognize and manage their big emotions Uh, which I think is a really important thing that I didn't get to learn until I was in my early to mid-20s. So I was really happy to be able to uh, do that right now, and we're continuing that journey. I don't think it ever ends. But um, And as we adapted to the state of the world um, that we're in with COVID and everything, um, I acted on reprioritizing life in our home, to care for others and for our health and for our perspectives as well. Um, We were able to see things, I was able to see things just in in a different light and it was in a good way. Um, God was speaking to me um, without a lot of other influence for a little period of time and that was new and different and um, it felt really uncomfortable but it also felt really important. And while we were doing this, I saw our little family um, communicate better than we ever have, and we loved each other well during this time. Um, Much of this year has made me sit and think about my word in 2019, which was uncomfortable. Um, And I feel like when I'm uncomfortable, I'm more able. God makes me more able and more prepared and equipped when I go through uncomfortable times. Um, and I will be honest, there was, it was uncomfortable to not, this 
church, this place, this body of people has always felt very comfortable to me. Um, and then COVID happened and we didn't get to be here. So that was uncomfortable and I'm an extrovert. So that was super hard. Um, but then we came back and I still didn't feel comfortable and I still don't feel comfortable. Um, it feels different and I know that's a feeling, but I also know that, um, God is good and he is using it for a reason. Um, I know that he is chiseling away at my heart and, um, it's it's hard it's hard to even even talk because about it because it's um, it's fresh it's raw it's painful um, and I didn't want to come up here and pretend like everything was great so there's that um, I did find some small comforts at home but there is nothing more comforting that I could find than the hope I have in Jesus and in my eternity the eternity that I'll have in heaven with Him. Um, I came to realize I have no rights here on earth. I am granted new mercies and grace that I did nothing to gain, and I am grateful for it. The control I have is limited. However, I can choose to give grace even when it's to someone that hasn't shown me any, which hurts my pride and feels soul-crushing. So I sit here with great anticipation, not for things to pan out and to feel nice, but for Christ to return and well, I try my human best to serve and glorify him. So as I'm sitting here in my very raw state right in front of you, um, I am choosing to look at this ooh, as growth. <laughs> and growth is painful and growth takes pruning. Um, I'm pruning my pride right here in front of you. Uh, and so I'm going to focus on growing. Um, I feel like that's what God has, has shown me is just that I want to continually grow. Um, I know that I will never arrive this side of heaven. And, um, in the meantime, I'll work to have hard conversations when necessary, and speak words of kindness and grace to and about others. I will follow the Lord's requirement of me, Micah 6, 8, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, my name's Adam, and uh, I was talking with someone in between services today, just out in the lobby. Uh, they had attended first service. I was like, are you going to do a one, one word this year? What's your one word going to be? And they were like, I don't think so. It's it seems too limiting. And I was like, "Well, what do you mean by that?" And you know, they went on to say, "I think that God can do more, you know, if we just live with open hands." And I was like, "That's that's a good uh that's a good thought, you know. That that makes sense, but for I think for all of us, it's more than just one word for us. It's about the process." As so I wanted to to say thanks to you guys, our our church family as you've, you know, gone through this process with us. You know, my my word for 2020 was share. So you've gone through my process of, of learning more about sharing and, you know, healing and growing. And, and all of our processes, uh, you guys have played a, a huge role in that. And even getting up on stage this morning, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough because we have the opportunity to share. Um, it's almost harder sometimes than, than preparing a sermon because it's a lot more vulnerable and real and raw and um but anyways we're, we're grateful for you guys for listening to us and hopefully uh you know journeying through the the process over the the years with us um i picked share last year <clears throat> i think i've always struggled with with being vulnerable with people with being real with people i like to you know have a good reputation put on a good show good face for everyone I remember in college, uh, some of my very closest guy friends called me out on this. We were in an accountability group, and they're like, Adam, everything's always good for you. Like, your your Bible study is good. Your prayer life is good. And, uh, it, you know, that doesn't make sense to us because here we are sharing our struggles, our doubts, our fears, and uh, you're not really opening up with us. And so that kind of has always been in the back of my mind, like that I... Uh, 
I desire vulnerability, but it comes obviously at a price. You have to put yourself out there. And I think about the Abraham Lincoln quote where he said, it's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. And so I think I, I live by that for a long time. Like if I just don't say anything, they won't see how, how weak I am, you know, how weak my faith is, how you know, much I struggle with you know, reading the Bible or struggle you know, with, with everything. So I'd rather not talk about the hard stuff and only talk about the good stuff, but that only gets you so far. So 2020 was my year of sharing. Um, I, I shared with my, my wife, my family, uh, some, some really trusted friends, you know, I've been able to share more with them and be open and vulnerable with them, with my struggles and, and everything like that. My counselor I've shared with, with him, uh, and that's been a, a huge blessing, but awesome. Uh, also sharing with God, um, I don't know what your prayer life is like. But sometimes my, my prayer life is just asking God for things and not really opening up with God. I mean, he knows how I'm feeling already. He knows what I'm going through already. But if I don't say it, maybe it's not <laughs> reality. So uh, sharing was, was quite a process in 2020. And um, my word for 2021 is kind of the flip side of sharing. And this, I picked this word long longer than just seven hours ago. Listen. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I was surprised to hear another fellow listener on the stage. Um, but as I share and, and am learning more about sharing and am sticking my neck out a little bit more and sharing and being vulnerable with people, it's not like I have uh, the, you know, my words or what I believe is the end-all, be-all. I don't have that perfected, um, and people have been very gracious to me when I, even when I share things that are irrational or, or don't make sense, but they're just kind of in, in the moment, but uh, listen was kind of on my heart because, you know, sometimes I get upset with people for not listening to me. We get upset with other people for doing things, and then you process through it, and it's like, well, I'm not doing that for other people either. I'm upset with what they're doing because I see that in my myself. And so listen is something that I want to also strive in. I think of the, the passage in James, that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And as I'm working on sharing more, um, I think that I should exponentially be working on listening more at the same time. Listening to other people, listening to people who have different perspectives than my own, listening to people who have walked down roads that are much harder than what I'm walking right now, and just gaining wisdom from uh, from them, and, and obviously listening to God, listening to God for when he wants to um, direct me, how he wants to lead, and also correct me uh, when I need to repent and, um, you know, turn around. Um, so listen is my word for 2021, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for you guys being a part of that process with me. I'm Kirsten, and um, Happy New Year, everyone. Um, my word for 2020, let me get organized my list, was anticipate. And I don't know if any of us could have anticipated 2020, but I just had great hopes for the year. And I actually wrote out this statement that I put on my mirror and I put in my office, and it just said, <clears throat> in 2020, I will anticipate God's goodness and faithfulness regardless of circumstances and regardless of how the, the situation appears. When worries or fears or what-ifs arise, I will choose to anticipate that God loves me and everything he does comes from love. And oh, how I used that word this year because there were lots of times, like many of you, where things just seemed so uncertain, so hard. And then I would go, okay, Lord, I'm going to anticipate your goodness and faithfulness, even though this is really hard. Um, and then there were times all sorts of emotions, fear, anger, worry, frustration, confusion. 
and not knowing how to make plans. And then I would say, okay, Lord, I'm going to anticipate your goodness and faithfulness. So it was a great word for me. Um, then the more I know God and the more I get to know him and learn about him, the easier it is to trust him with those things. And then prior to Advent, I was feeling a little grumpy or cynical maybe. And so I started doing a study on hope. And I thought, you know, I'm feeling a little hopeless about a few things. And so I thought I'd start looking at biblical hope versus, you know, circumstantial hope. And so uh, biblical hope based on who God is and what his word says. And so I started doing a study and then I decided I would choose hope. But then um, in Advent, Jay spoke on hope one week and it was the third week and he was giving us the difference between biblical hope and common hope. And he said, this, is, this was confirmation for me. He said, biblical hope um, lives by waiting and anticipation, while common hope lives by optimism and making the best out of things. And I felt like that was my confirmation because in 2019, my word was wait, and then this last year it was um, anticipate. So I have a couple passages I wanted to tell you. One was a really common one, uh, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And many people use that verse, but many people don't know that it's also for a time when people were really suffering and struggling. They were just told they were going to be in Babylon for 70 years. But God has hope even in those hard times. And so I thought, that's a great one. And then also Lamentations... Um, Lamentations um, says, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So in 2021, I'm going to be hopeful and I'm trusting not in how the year will turn out, but I'm trusting in the person in whom I'm putting my hope in, my portion. Thanks, Kirsten. Sharon, <laughs> As soon as I heard we were doing this uh, service, one word service again, I thought of my new word and I knew right away I was gonna have to draw a red X through it. It was kind of like everything else planned for this year. My word crave is my one word for 2020, did not go as I thought it would. I'm here before you to tell you that I failed at it miserably. Crave for me was to stop craving the things that I thought should be. And instead, I wanted to crave God more and his will more. I can't even blame COVID for getting me off track as it started for me in February. And it shouldn't have taken circumstances to derail me, but it did. I lost my focus pretty quickly. Ben and I had been planning a trip to Israel with three other couples through a tour group um, from Scottsdale. And then suddenly in mid-February, it looked like Israel wasn't going to happen because Ben developed some nasty kidney stones that took him in and out of the ED for several weeks. We thought at first that they would pass before our March 2nd departure date, but they didn't. He couldn't imagine being on an international flight with kidney pain, and I couldn't imagine being with him on a flight with kidney pain. <laughs> So he made the difficult decision not to go to Israel. And with each hospital visit, which was about every other day, I just didn't think I was gonna go either. In fact, it wasn't until the night before our trip that I decided to even go. And it was because one of his brothers told me it was a trip of a lifetime and I shouldn't miss it. And then my, br my brother-in-law said, look at him, he's fine, just go, just like a brother would. So I did go on that life that trip of a lifetime, and I was thankful I did. While it would have been more fun and meaningful to go with Ben, I had a wonderful time with the other couples and was in awe to be where Jesus had been. There's nothing quite like it. And except for not being able to go to Bethlehem due to early COVID outbreak there, COVID wasn't on my mind, at least not until I was ready to come home, and I got delayed a couple of days because of canceled flights. Then I got home and COVID became real, real fast. I came back to work and no one was in the office. 
There was no church service to return to on Sunday and none until mid-June. No favorite restaurants to eat at, which is something I always love to do as soon as I get off the plane. Grocery stores had empty shelves. Fortunately, for some reason, I'd bought a huge thing of toilet paper at Costco before I left, so I was fine with that. And I came home to a fridge stocked with pounds of broccoli and chicken thighs, which meant we had food for quite a while. I just needed to find out creative ways to cook those together. There were no getting together with friends to share pictures and stories of Israel. And anything I brought home from Israel to give to others, I had to leave at doorsteps, not even getting to see the people's faces. It was all pretty anticlimactic for me, not what I envisioned. Know this, know that. It was lonely. I was angrier than I ever thought I even realized I was. Plus, I was in one big pout fest, which is pretty obvious. My focus was definitely inward. So my craving for God and my ability to say, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, that got left in Israel. While it was easier to crave God in Israel and to be amongst where his son walked, I found it not so easy to do this during COVID. Didn't even make it off the plane with me. And I would have to say, I never thought of my one word again until December when I found out we had to do this again. <laughs> I was in trouble. <laughs> there were, of course, blessings to the year. Some were felt and noticed right away. I came home and Ben was still struggling with the kidney stones. And those kidney stones became a blessing in disguise because it was after scan after scan that a tumor was found and he was diagnosed with renal cell carcinoma. But because of that early diagnosis, he had complete recovery from it. So huge blessing. We were able to give thanks, heartfelt and grateful thanks for these stones. And who would have ever thought that in the midst of them? What 2020 has taught me was how much I crave corporate worship and fellowship with my church family. It also gave my heart and mind room to be more creative with ways to reach out to people. It gave me more time to pray and to listen to him during walks. And it was on one of these walks that God gave me my new word for this year. And I was struggling with something, and he just said, release it. I don't know what it will look like this year, but I'm going to release the expectation of what I think it should look like and wait on him. So it's, a, it's often a struggle to get Sharon up here to speak anytime we do one of these things. We always try to convince her that she should be the one to do announcements from time to time because um, she often knows better than anybody what's going on in the church, and so she's really good at that. I think maybe you can add, like, public speaking to your word for this, to your one word for this year. Good job. Thank you, Sharon. So we have, uh, we have one staff member uh, who is, is not here with us this morning, Aaron Anderson. He is uh, on a well-deserved break and vacation this morning, but... He, uh, he, he did a video for us for his one word, and so we're going to take a look at his video right now. Good morning. I'm Aaron, Director of Worship. Sorry to not be present with you today. I actually missed this Sunday last year too, and so I'm going to jump right to 2021, if you don't mind. And my word for this year is trust. To trust God's leading, his provision, to trust how he's designed me. Trust is not laziness. Trust is not carelessness. In fact, it's just as proactive as any striving, but much more wise. I tend to worry. I tend to overthink things, um, even leaning into the lane of obsessive at times. And I'm well aware of how that has limited me and how it's robbed me and how it has robbed those around me. So for this year, I'm going to focus on trust. All right. Thanks, Aaron. So now you guys have heard all of our one words, one word for 2020, one word for 2021. Uh, these are words that have come through prayer and consideration and a lot of considering what is it that the Lord wants to do in our lives this coming year. Um, and so we want to encourage you and invite you now to come up with your own word, your own one word for 2021. And that may, that may involve some time in prayer and consideration. It may take a few days. It may take a couple of weeks. Uh, but if something has not jumped out to you yet, we would encourage you to continue to spend time with God about it. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in God's Word. See if there is something, a phrase, a word that jumps out to you that you feel like the Lord is going to guide you in this coming year. And once you've picked that word, 
tell other people about it, kind of just like we have this morning. Uh, tell, tell your spouse, tell your other family members, tell your kids, uh, tell your parents, tell your friends, anybody who uh, is close to you in your life that will be with you through this next year so that they can celebrate what the Lord is doing in your life through this word as well. And then uh, we would also offer this. I think a lot of us, I heard, uh, well, actually, uh, you said this, Kirsten, um, but I know all of us have done this to some degree. Write your word in a place that is prominent that you'll see a lot, maybe a two or three different places where you'll see that word and be constantly reminded of it uh, so that we can see again. It's not just about becoming more uh, hopeful or becoming more uh, connected necessarily or, or any of these things. It's, it's about how the Lord is using these words to draw us closer to himself and to transform us working in our lives spiritually. And I think the word gives us an anchor and a handle to be able to see exactly the transformation that the Lord has brought in our lives. And hopefully you've seen that in each one of our stories. It's been a it's been a rickety ride through 2020, a back and forth kind of ride, but I think all of us can say that the Lord used that word at least some way in our lives to show us more about his goodness, his character, and who he really is. So with that in mind, we hope that the same thing happens for you. So blessings to you in 2021, and let's pray as we invite the band to join us back up here and we close out uh, this morning. Father, we thank you that uh, words are a powerful thing. You spoke to us through your word. You have given us your word. You tell us that your word is living and active and that it, it cuts to the heart of the issue. Lord, it, it reveals our hearts. It reveals who we are, and it displays your goodness and your character in our lives. And so as we plow into this next year, uh, again, not knowing, as we've said so many ways, not knowing what this year is going to look like, especially coming off of a year that was so uh, difficult in so many ways, but we know that at the end, all of us who know you can look back and say, Lord, this is how you were faithful. This is how you were good. Maybe I didn't recognize it at the time, but maybe I'm recognizing it now. This new year has given me a chance to take a breath and to see your goodness. And Lord, I'm anticipating this next year for what you're going to do. I pray for all of those in this room, all of those who are watching online with us, all of those who will, who will celebrate uh, with us this morning in worship. Uh, Father, that you would lay a phrase, a word, something on their hearts, that you would lead them to a place where they can see how important and powerful words are, especially your word, especially your word as, as you guide us by telling us who we are, by telling us who you are, and Lord, by leading us according uh, to your plan, your goodness, and your wisdom. And I pray that those words would be powerful this coming year, Lord, that, that people would be able to see the way that you are working in their lives and the way that you are personally present in every aspect. And Lord, again, that it wouldn't be so much just about the word, but it'd be, so much, it'd be much more about us drawing closer to you, about us seeing how you have brought us from one degree of glory to another in more Christ-likeness by the end of the year. Lord, we thank you for this new year. We thank you for the opportunity. Although there's nothing magical about January 1st, it does represent a time of new beginnings. And so we think about the new beginnings that you give us in our lives, most notably the fact that we have new creation, we have a new creation reality, that we are born again because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray, amen. In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. Again, Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you for joining us this morning on the first Sunday. Thank you for joining us online the first Sunday of 2021. We want to let you know that next week we will be starting into a new series. Our series is going to be called Getting Clarity in an Unclear World, and it's going to be a study through the book of James, which you may know if you're familiar with the book of James. is a very, very straightforward book in terms of what it means to live as a Christian in this world. And so we want to encourage you to join us starting next week as we begin the book of James. So blessings to you in the new year. You guys have a great week. As you're leaving this morning, don't forget, we have prayer cards that are located at the prayer table back there. If you have any requests that you would like us to be praying for, maybe it's for you, for a family member, a uh, friend, whatever it may be, go ahead and write your prayer request on that card. Drop it in one of the uh, offering stands as you leave here this morning. We'll make sure that we pray over those during this week. Thank you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.
thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.